When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And Josh Palacios... is loving this bucko. He walks it off. His first career homer walk off. Josh Palacios gives the Pirates the win. You are listening to Rum Buncher Radio. We've got another special. It's kind of special season, I guess. We want to call it that. We had a draft special. We came back with another special to break that down. We had a preview special for the deadline. And this is our uh, our 2023 trade deadline breakdown special. We'll call it that. Marty Lee, Trey Entity with you here. To break down the day, um, you know, a day that we had some kind of expectation for. We knew, you know, a general list of guys that were potential trade candidates. Obviously, this team, we knew was going to sell here for this last little stretch. And, uh, you know, we knew it could look large. Guys like David Bednar, even potentially Mitch Keller. Um, you know, we knew there's some other guys mixed in there as well. Holderman perhaps was on the market. Other guys that were getting buzzed. We knew Austin Hedges had been in, in, in the conversation for quite some time. Didn't necessarily think G-Man Choi. Thought there was potential there. Rich Hill, other guys. Ultimately, um, you know, it's the latter there that are packaged together. Sent to San Diego. Some other little deals as well. Rodolfo Castro, no longer a Pittsburgh Pirate. Um you know, and, and we're going to break it all down here for you. Generally, Marty, I want your thoughts to start us out here on what you thought about the day as a whole, you know, that they sent with the moves that they made today. Before we do that, right before we started, you said kind of quickly, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Let's unpack that now. We won't get into that. Let's save that conversation. Off-season, off-season, off-season content. Uh, Marty, your thoughts on the 2023 trade deadline? Yeah, I think if you're a Pirate fan, all in all, you've got to feel good about it. I mean, you didn't you didn't see them move Mitch Keller or David Bednar, which in turn leaves you wondering, like, hey, did they get enough here? Is this a good enough return? Yada, yada. But, um, you know, first and foremost, I'll start with the Rich Hill trade. Excuse me. 
Um, the, the, I saw some people upset about it. And I think more of the upset came from moving G-Man Choi. But the Pirates traded two pending free agents, one of which is 43 years old, and the other one who is a platoon hitter. And you got back some intriguing pieces. I mean, Alfonso Rebos, he's got, I think, like 350 major league plate appearances at this point. Nothing special there, but he's going to probably play first base through the rest of the way this year, at least fill that hole. Um, he walks a decent amount. Hey, you never know. Maybe as a left-handed hitter at PNC Park, that can help open up some more of his power. If not, not a huge deal. But Jackson Wolf intrigues me. Um, you know, Fangraphs, MLB Pipeline, both had him as a top 15 prospect in the Padre Farm system. One career start in the majors, which was just a week ago on July 22nd. And he pitched well, won five innings against Detroit and gave up three runs. Um, has 18 starts at double A this year. He's pitched well. So I think Wolf probably starts at triple A Indy. Um, but we see him in the majors before the end of the year starting games. And obviously the the young outfielder, Suaro, is the 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 real uh the real intriguing piece in that trade because he's a kid who's only 17 years old. Um, was playing in their complex league in Arizona, so he'll join the Florida complex league roster, I'd assume. A lot of potential there. Fangraphs gives his raw his raw power a 45 grade, his speed a 60 grade tool. So there's a lot of pieces there. Super high ceiling, which I mean, hey, when you're trading a 43 year old left handed pitcher and a platoon first baseman, both of whom are going to be free agents, and you can get back a 17 year old wild card who can really pan out for you down the road. I mean, look at the Tony Watson trade, you know, with O'Neill Cruz. And in addition to that, also get a kid in Wolf who looks like he could probably be a pretty quality back end of the rotation arm for you right now, which is something the Pirates desperately need. That's pretty solid return for those two, you know, and, and similar to Rodolfo Castro. Bailey Falter's a guy who I know the Pirates have pursued for a long time. We heard some rumblings last July that he was a name who Ben Charrington in trade talks with the Phillies was really adamant on trying to get. Um, so similar to when he got to Capita Marcano in the Adam Frazier year after failing to get him included in the Joe Musgrove deal, we see Charrington just stay persistent on a player he likes and get him. Um, I know Falter has struggled this year in the majors, but last year was a sneaky big piece Posted a 3.86 ERA in 16 starts in 20 games for a Phillies team that went to the World Series. Pitched in the postseason for them. There's definitely something there to work with. And again, with Falter, you're probably looking at a guy who, worst case scenario, you view as a back end of the rotation starter right now. And what is something we have said a lot about the Pirates ahead of 2024? You've got Mitch Keller, you've got Johan Oviedo, and you've got a ton of question marks until Anthony Salamedo, Jared Jones, Paul Skeens arrive next summer. Well, with Falter and Wolf, these are guys that tell me Ben Charrington is gearing up to attempt to contend in 2024, at least believes his team should be able to, because your biggest position in need ahead of 2024 was going to be starting pitching. And he went out this trade deadline and added two guys who you could put into your starting rotation right now if you wanted to, and nothing else can certainly be and probably will be members of the 2024 opening day rotation. So I think that's one thing, too, as a Pirate fan that should excite you is some of the pieces we saw Ben Charrington acquire at this trade deadline are guys that, in my opinion, signify him looking to build a contending team for 24 with Falter and with Wolf. Um, and, hey, maybe the most celebratory thing of all, 
Austin Hedges is no longer a Pittsburgh Pirate. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I hope Hedges does well in Texas. I know we've all been very critical of Hedges, but I've also said on a good team with a deep lineup, Austin Hedges is your second catcher is not a problem whatsoever. I mean, the when the Pirates went to the postseason in 14 and 15, let's not act like Chris Stewart was much better than Hedges is. It's just the rest <laughs> of that team was so good you didn't notice it. But um, and yeah, the international pool money for Hedges, you can never have enough international bonus money. I mean, I know, again, that's a thing people kind of like to scoff at, this idea of international free agent money. Well, when the Pirates traded Gerard Dyson at the 2020 trade deadline, all I got from his international free agent money, they turned around the next winter and one of the best classes in international free agency, and having the extra money they got in the Dyson trade was certainly part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, you know, and I think that's something that's kind of ambiguous when you see it. It's like, well, what even, you know, okay. And obviously with a guy like that, I don't think uh, the expectation was extremely high for return. But, um, you know, you look at, uh, like you said, Marty, that winner that they had, that class that they had is kind of, I think you can look at it as the next young core, the next wave of prospects. If this wave, in quotations, doesn't work out and you added to that, with the Carlos Santana trade and Yanni Severino, similar age, um, you know, to Tony Blanco, to De Los Santos. And I, I think you just add on to that further today. And I think this is looked at as another lottery ticket guy in a sense, Swero that is, but he adds to that core. Um, you know, and you just look, you, you look at what they build now um, it is a second wave of prospects that, or all 18, 19, they're far away, and who knows who pans out. But um, there's such a high ceiling for that group. The headliners here, Marty and Wolf, like you said, probably going to be sent to Indianapolis. Is that the right move? I mean, in my opinion, I think go ahead and, and stick them right into this rotation. Just replace Rich Hill, essentially. Um, why send him to Indianapolis? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I even said it on Twitter when the deal was happening. I was like, hey, I'd be fine with Jackson Wolf just sliding right into this rotation and replacing Rich Hill, taking Rich Hill's spot. Um, <clears throat> but I also understand it. He's only got 18 starts at double A, all, excuse me, all 18 of those coming this season. Um, so, you know, I, I can understand maybe wanting to get him down there, wanting to get him make sure he's completely stretched out, that sort of thing. So similar, or uh, excuse me, I was wrong. He had he had two starts at double-A last year. So he's 18 this year, 20 total. But, you know, I know it's not apples to oranges because he was working as a reliever so much. But we saw similar things last year with Johan Oviedo. When Johan Oviedo was acquired, everyone assumed he would go straight to the major league roster. He didn't, went to Indy for what was it, about three weeks or so, and then came up and looked really good in those seven or eight starts with the Pirates on the stretch. Um, so I think we could probably see something similar there. Bailey falters when I'll be watching. Um, they they need a starting pitcher for one of the games this weekend in Milwaukee. Um, today, when they sh- took Hedges, Choi, and Hill off the active roster, Brian Hayes was activated off the injury list, and Jason DeLay was recalled, which you expected both of those to happen. But they also purchased a contract to Vinny Capra and added him to the 40-man I'm assuming Capra is only around until they need that starter this weekend. And I won't be surprised at all if we see that be Bailey Falter. Um, you know, Falter, like I said, 20 games the Phillies last year, 16 of which were starts, eight this year, seven of which were starts, has been starting in AAA, has pitched in the postseason. Um, so I think we probably see him first. But I also think, I mean, obviously not, not that I think, obviously he's proven a lot more in the majors. Um, Wolf has one major league start. Uh, Falter has 
like I said, was a seven this year, six, 16 last year, and I think one or two the year prior. So I think we see him first, and uh, I'll be curious to see how he does. Again, like I said, I know he's a guy who, from some rumblings we heard last summer, was a name who popped up a lot in trade talks with the Phillies. So, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see where that one goes, and I'll be excited to see what he can do. Because, you know, I understand, like, his numbers overall aren't great. He, he has a career 456 ERA, but, like, he's a left-handed pitcher. It's PNC Park. He showed some really good things to the Phillies last year. Let's see what the kid can do. Give him a chance. It's not going to hurt, you know, to see what these guys can do because you don't you don't have a lot of other options in the starting rotation right now outside of Mitch Keller and Johan Oviedo. Yeah, and I love that trade overall. I mean, you're trading Rodolfo Castro, a guy that um, was not going to fit into the future. Uh, the plan here wasn't going to be part of this window. Um, you know, a guy that that you hope for the best for, and I think that's kind of how you feel about everybody that was traded today: Austin Hedges, Rodolfo Castro, all these One guys. I, I wrote this, and I wrote about the trade. I, I understand some of the hesitation with trading Castro. I really do, because I, as you know, is a huge Castro guy. Oh yeah, huge Castro guy. I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. That said, to me, it, it's almost Tyler Glass now, like where he needed a change of scenery. Yeah. There, I, I just don't see where things were going to work out for him in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, that's not to say he's going to want to have the career that, that glass knows had when he's been healthy, but I think it was similar to where he needed a change of scenery. Um, he, he's done what he was going to do in Pittsburgh. You know, he, he needed something new, something fresh. And hopefully for him, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, high ceiling there and, and a guy that, like you said, has a lot of untapped potential. Um, but it just wasn't going to fit in Pittsburgh. So uh, you, you love this trade. You get a major league ready player, a guy that we probably will, like you said, see right away here um, in this trade. Overall, you know, guys that are traded today are guys that um, I don't think necessarily expected to be traded, but guys that you, you don't drop your jaw about. I mean, no David Bednar, no Mitch Keller. Overall, what are your thoughts on the approach? I mean, you're trading and you're getting different kinds of return today, but um, you know, you're not making the blockbusters, the headline trades necessarily. What did you think about, I don't want to call it, um, you know, an underwhelming day, but but a day where they don't do anything huge. Yeah, you know, early in the day, we were talking to a source who told us, like, you know, he, he expected the Pirates to be busy. He expected it to be more than just Hill and Hedges, but he didn't expect it to be Keller or Bednar. So when the Hill move popped with Choi, I'm like, all right, Choi. And then Hedges went. And I kind of assumed they were done. I figured when he said he thought there'd be more, you know, he's hearing Choi, maybe one of the relievers, but I definitely didn't expect Castro, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think underwhelming might be a good way of putting it. Cause you didn't see this major blockbuster deal involving the pirates. Um, you know, and there were some big deals in the last 24 hours, Scherzer, Verlander, you know, they're the Mets and their, their payroll that was higher than, at least four countries, GDPs, and even, you know, maybe they go to the Marshall Islands this offseason and see how the money should be spent. Yeah. But, uh, no, uh, but, again, not having an exciting trade deadline, not seeing you involved in these big blockbusters where you're trading off big pieces should be an encouraging sign because, to me, that shows the front office believes they're getting close. They believe that this new core that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks of Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis – and Nick Gonzalez and Leover Paguero, who just continues to hit the ball and impress. And, you, you know, now you throw in that you have key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds locked up and Jack Sawinski looking good 
and Mitch Keller and this bullpen with a lot of arms. Like O'Neill Cruz on the way back. Yeah, O'Neill Cruz when he gets healthy. It, it tells me this front office believes they're close, that they didn't move a Keller, that they didn't move Bednar. And then again, like I said, they went out and added two guys who could really bolster this starting rotation next year. Those are moves that tell me they think they're close. And even if it was a quote-unquote lackluster, disappointing, whatever, trade deadline, that part of it should be encouraging for Pirate fans. No doubt. I mean, you you get a sense of where they're at. Um, and you don't want to think about it in the sense of like, they almost need it to work more than it is working. Because I think that either way, we were kind of texting about it a year from right now. We're going to know exactly where we're at with this regime. It's either going to be, you know, a ball club that's winning games that is in playoff contention that's buying, or it's going to be, you know, front office that's probably on their way out. So, um, you know, this kind of has to be when the window begins at the very least. And this season, I think, has kind of been about, um, you know, obviously just getting them experience at bats, innings. And that's what we've seen. Um, we knew that after, obviously, turbulent June and uh, not not the best July that this team was going to be buying here. I mean, excuse me, selling at this deadline. But um, you said it, Marty. I mean, it is it is a message that they sent today. They are close. And uh, they believe that holding on to Mitch Keller, holding on to David Bednar, that is going to be what it takes to uh, to win as early as next season. Does this mean, you know, they're going to go ahead and, and hand out a contract to either one of these gentlemen? Or, you know, what does this mean about the next payday? I mean, I think the Pirates would still love to extend Mitch Keller. David Bednar, to me, is one that it's tricky because he's so good. And as we said before, him being from the Pittsburgh area throws a wrench into this. But yeah. I'm just, I'm never comfortable extending relievers. The shelf life, it's like an NFL running back. That shelf life can be so short. And there's so <laughs> many guys out there who can do the job. It's a hot topic. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a hot topic right now. Um, but yeah, I, Mitch Keller is still to me right now. If I could pick anyone to extend, if I might lean Keller, um, I might lean him slightly over O'Neill Cruz just because I want to see what Cruz looks like post injury. But, yeah, I would still love to see them get something done with Keller. And I think the fact that Keller only has two years of team control left in 2024, you know, is going to be, even though I know I've said that the moves they made today tell me they think they can contend in 24, it's still not going to be easy to do um, for a lot of reasons. So the fact they didn't move him, knowing that you may be looking at 25 is the only year you're truly contending with him on the roster right now, tells me that they think that the, the chances of getting something done in the offseason is, is at least a possibility. No doubt. And it, it would make sense, too. It's kind of like Brian Reynolds. I mean, a relationship that I think is mutually loved by both parties, a guy that uh, has developed, changed his career in Pittsburgh, a guy that was drafted in the first round, and um, you know, a guy that, that probably does deserve that payday. I don't know how it all compares to the uh, NFL running back, but... Um, I like the analogy there. Mitch Keller, David Bednar, still Pittsburgh Pirates. You wonder if David Bednar being from the city of Pittsburgh, I mean, you know, how much that was discussed in the asking price. <laughs> but he is uh, he is still in Pittsburgh. This offseason, do you think that anything else has moved or, or is this, you know, truly the, the structure and the rebuild is coming to an end here? I mean, you like the thing is coming to an end? Um and I think these next two months aren't going to answer too much on that front, but can at least make you feel better. You know, if the team 
what after beating Detroit today, I think they what are they two five and six something like seven and four in their last eleven since they've really kind of committed to the youth movement. If you can continue to play that kind of baseball, you know, around five hundred, maybe a few games under the rest of the way. And you see Andy Rodriguez continue to impress. You see Henry Davis continue to impress. You see Leo Paguero continue to impress. Um, th- those are the kind of things that start to give you a little more confidence going into next year. Because then it's like, all right, well, we know we've got Reynolds. We, you think you know you've got Cruz. You've got Keller. Johan Oviedo looks like a really quality middle of the rotation arm. If you can for sure say, you know what, hey, we're confident in Andy Rodriguez. We're confident in Henry Davis. We're confident in Leo Paguero. All of a sudden, some of these questions start getting answered internally. And that's less you've got to answer externally. Because even with the additions they've made today, I think you still need to add at least two starting pitchers in the offseason. Um, your answer at first base, in my opinion, is not in the organization. Um, you're, you're the bullpen. You're always going to be looking for bullpen arms because you can never have enough. So th- there's going to be offseason additions that need to be made. But the more you see guys step up between now and the end of September – and the better you can make yourself feel about that going into next year, that that's the thing where you can start to say, all right, maybe there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Maybe maybe there is there is reason for optimism. You get a sense of that now. I mean, this is fun baseball. The youth movement, uh, it's just been enjoyable. I think it is seven and four in their last 11 or whatever it is. But, um, you know, it's competitive baseball. It's exciting baseball every night. And this is what you expect after what has been a long rebuild, top picks, um, and guys that uh, – you know, obviously have moved at different rates and come to the organization in different ways. But, um, you know, a group that I think you feel confident about at this point. A couple deadlines ago um, and, you know, the off seasons throughout the time of this regime in Pittsburgh, we've seen uh, some some wild trades today. We didn't see anything wild, I, I wouldn't say. But uh... save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G-Man Choi. And Rich Hill, kind of headlining it for the Pirates. They go to San Diego. Jackson Wolf, Estuar, Suero, and Alfonso Rivas in return. And Rodolfo Castro for Bailey Falter as well here. Overall on the day, Marty, anything else, uh, you know, around Major League Baseball that kind of stood out to you? Obviously, we saw Justin Verlander back to Houston. The Braves add on. Um, you know, anything, uh, anything that got you excited from the deadline as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, Verlander to Houston, that felt like a marriage that never should have ended, right? I think we, 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 can, all, we can all agree there. Um, excited to see Jack Flaherty in Baltimore. I know I've said it on here before, and I'll say it again. There's no real rhyme or reason for this, but if I was not a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'd be a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. So I'd love to see the Orioles make a run this year. Also makes the Cardinals worse, so that's always fun. Increases the odds of the Pirates not finishing last this year and finishing ahead of the Cardinals. Um in, you know, the, the Texas Rangers, man, the, the AOS is going to be wild these last two months with Scherzer now there. I mean, I think they still have a lot of questions about their pitching, obviously, but that lineup can just score at will. But it's – I think my single biggest takeaway from the trade deadline is here we are, August 1st, and 
if you tell me I can have the Houston Astros with a field in the American League, I'm taking the Astros again, man. Like to their credit, it's just it's a machine. It is a machine down there in Houston, and it just keeps humming. You know, it's and obviously much different payroll situation, but that was a team that was as in the basement, uh, you know, if not more so than what we've seen the last few years. It can't happen. Um, maybe not to that extent for this franchise. Well, we need Jeff Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman instead of like Mark Appel and <laughs> you know that that then in who Austin Meadows like that that helps yeah. a lot. Uh, I would that would go a long <laughs> way. Yes, uh, and you know that's the thing too. It's like for whatever you want to say about the way this organization is traded, and I, I think. That was kind of the first thought when we saw the G-Man Choi trade, Rich Hill trade today. It was like, okay, well, you know, this is kind of one of the better ones on the surface that, that this organization has made. But regardless of all the trades, you feel so good about the drafts. And uh, that's something that just killed the Pirates before this regime. So you hope, you know, today, days like today, the deadlines, you know, big offseason days, they don't have to be anything crazy where you see David Bednar's and Mitch Keller's dealt. Um, obviously, the timeline, it kind of made sense to uh, – you know, to not do anything there. But, um, you know, the way this organization is going about it, you hope that they don't have to do anything too drastic on these deadlines, um, especially at this point. So deep into it. But, uh, you know, here we go, Marty. I think this is going to be a fun end of the, the run here this season and into 2024. We're getting to see these guys finally. And, uh, you know, who, who knows what else is left the rest of the way here. Uh, we started the show out with the birthday home run, Josh Palacios, the walk-off laser beam. Um, your thoughts kind of in general here as we begin to wrap it up. It's a hot ball club we got in our hands, Marty. Yeah, and you know what's most encouraging to me is, again, like you're seeing them play better baseball the last two or three weeks. And what's, 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 what's the straw that's stirring the drink is these young guys. You know, it's been Lavero Paguero. It's been Andy Rodriguez. I know Henry Davis has been struggling a little bit to bat lately, but – you know, Saturday and Sunday, both he made huge plays in the outfield, throwing out Bryce Harper to help win those games. Josh Palacios continues to step up and just seemingly have one clutch hit after another. You know, you're seeing this bullpen guys in there who some are young by age, some are just young by MLB experience. Carmen Majinski, Anil Perdomo, Jose Hernandez, Dowry Moreta, just all pitching really well. Ryan Barucki has come out of nowhere to be oh, yeah. a quality left-handed reliever. Like, you're seeing guys who you conceivably could build a squad around next year and throw some pieces there and hopefully take a big step forward. And, and that's what I've said all along. It's like, once this thing started going South in June, um, I want to see the young guys. I would rather see them like Saturday night, for example, if they would have lost that game because Mitch Keller or, or Quinn Priester, excuse me, gave up five runs in five innings. I would rather see that than some, you know, whatever retread veteran pitch six strong and them win, honestly, because that whatever retread veteran is going to mean nothing in 2024 and beyond. Quinn Priester, yeah, he struggled so far, but we might look back at this next year and say, hey, look, Quinn came up, he struggled, he took his lumps, he grew, and now he's a part of this rotation. Like, I'd rather see the young guys up here and struggling because that can be so vital. I mean, you look at that last winning core of McCutcheon, Walker, Alvarez, that, that group, Jeff Locke, Justin Wilson, those guys who all started Starling Marte, all started to debut between like 09 and 2011. 
and they took some lumps early on. They lost a lot of ball games. A lot of them did not look good earlier in their careers, but there would be days you'd see those flashes of it. I remember being a game, I think it was either 2010 to 2011 against the Rockies where Pedro Alvarez had a walk-off grand slam in like the 10th. And you were like, man, once like you can see they're getting there, they're getting close. You can feel that excitement. And I think you're starting to be able to feel that excitement about some of these young guys. And that's the biggest thing. It's just, I don't, ex- you, you don't expect them to win a lot of games the rest of the way. They're not a good baseball club. Um, but you'd rather just see what these young guys can do, especially when most of them are impressing so far. So, Hey, just keep riding the young guys. Let's see what they can do. It's been an encouraging sign. And, you know, if nothing else, they kind of circle back to what I said earlier. If you can play around 500 baseball or so the rest of the year, yeah, you're going to finish with 85, 90 losses, whatever it might be. But if you can look back on that and say, hey, you know what? From the middle of July on, when we were riding the young bucks, we were a competitive club. We were, you know, four or five games under 500. That's the kind of thing that can give you some – just encouragement and some confidence and, and especially for those players going into the off season. No doubt. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's been so much fun and it's been fun to see as they've come up one kind of mentor, the other, and um, you know, one guy's slowly become sort of the veteran of the group uh, because this is uh, you know, this has been the summer of call-ups, which it needed to be for this group to, you know, to meet this window of contention and um, you know, finally get the ball rolling here and, If we could see 500 baseball, I think over the moon about that heading into next season. Um, Yeah. And one thing, Marty, that I think, uh, you know, another thing that you really expect about this organization and what gives you confidence about the way that they're building this, they have been quick to move guys when the time is right. That's what we've seen. Um, And, you know, obviously certain guys you wish would have been called up a little bit earlier and there's some manipulation there and whatever else, but, you know, as far as like moving any Rodriguez quickly and, and, you know, only having Henry in Indianapolis for about 10 days. And now Tremar Johnson called to Greensboro as well here. Um, let's do a little minor league minute as we wrap it up. Just your thoughts on what's going on in the minor leagues and uh, that big call up there as well. Yeah, Tamar Johnson promoted to high A Greensboro, made his debut at the Grasshoppers tonight, was over 3, but drew a walk. Um, did not strike out at all, so continues to show that good eye at the plate, um, that bat-the-ball skill. Um, yeah, th- th- that's one thing I will say as critical as I've been of this, of this organization, of this front office, of this regime. One thing they have done completely different from Neil Huntington um, is they are aggressive, man, with moving prospects. You look at Anthony Solomedo, who is barely 20 years old and already a double A. Jared Jones, only a year older, already a triple A. Now Tamar Johnson is still 18 years old at High A Greensboro. Um, and what encourages me there is, yeah, we, we all – complained this year about them dragging their feet with Andy and, and Henry Davis to get them to the majors. But by re- really they got through, they got to the majors quickly. You know, when you consider one got promoted to the majors less than two full calendar years after being drafted yeah. and Andy Rodriguez, you know, was at single a last year is <laughs> now catching yeah. the majors. Um, so even though you would have wanted to see them earlier in this season, overall, they got here quickly. They, they're they not afraid to move guys along when they feel like they're ready for that next level. They're ready for the next challenge, um, which is great to see. You know, one thing Neil Huntington used to preach, I understand the idea behind it, not going to say I always agreed with it, was wanting to see guys fail in the minors because the failure they always felt would lead to success. I understand that. Um, as a guy who coaches baseball, I preach that to my kids. I preach that to my players all the time. You're going to fail in baseball. Learn from it. Um but at the same time, 
when guys are succeeding, they should be rewarded for that. They should be, you know, if you were doing what Tamar Johnson was doing, you should be rewarded with that promotion to the next level. So yeah, it's just great to see this front office, not be afraid to be aggressive, especially with these top prospects, you know, guys like Johnson, like Solomito, like Jones, who you think can, you know, not just be on this major league club, you know, next year in Solomito and Jones's case, maybe two years from now in Johnson, but be up here and be key cogs on a team that's looking to win baseball games. 100%. I mean, it just gets you excited because these are the guys that, you know, when they're drafted, when they're signed internationally, these are the guys you get most excited about and you have the highest expectation for. It is great to see, um, you know, these guys moved and, and to see some early success here. And uh, big congratulations to Mark Johnson. He's headed to Greensboro. Marty, your, your final thoughts as we wrap it up. Um, you know, a day that, I think could have been crazy that ended up not being quite as wild um, overall. I think for baseball in general, you could say that and just kind of a weird year, a weird deadline with the amount of buyers and the amount of teams that are just kind of in this middle, you know, gray area of contention and you know, kind of in the hunt. Um, so just a different kind of deadline, but uh, your final thoughts on it. Yeah, I think this was, and this was something that was talked about a lot whenever the playoff expansion um, remained post COVID was that you you were going you were going to see years where it was going to be a very heavy sellers market and we saw that this year um again the return the pirates got for hill and Choi, i think part of that was because this was a sellers market like you look at the san diego padres that's a team that in years past would not have been buying they probably would have been looking to move a blake snell or josh Hader. Um, and instead, they were out there looking to buy. And, you know, I, I think that definitely contributed today. So, yeah, I'll be very curious. I think it's going to be a fun race simply as a baseball fan the rest of the way. Um, you know, I think you look at some of the acquisitions that were made. Um, you know, again, I mentioned that AL West race going to be wild between the Rangers and the Astros. Um, the Orioles not being a fr- – I think mean, the Orioles – may have had a better trade deadline than anybody because they went out and added their biggest need, added to their starting rotation, added a very good starting ro- uh, starting pitcher in Jack Flaherty, and that just otherworldly farm system of theirs remains largely intact after it. So, yeah, as a baseball fan, I think this is going to be a really fun last two months. Um you know, I think it's going to be a wild race to the finish. Can the Angels get there? Can they get into the postseason with Otani and Trout, who looks like he might be able to make it back by the end of the year, that hammate bone injury? Um, that's a team who I think if they don't make the postseason, they're going to really kick themselves over some of the uh, deals they made. But at the same time, I understand the position they were in. Like, you almost had to try and go all in to try and win the last year with Otani if you were the Angels. Um but yeah, like I said, I think it'll be a really fun two months for baseball fans, even for the Pirate fans. I think this can be a fun two months because if we're going to see these young guys continue to play well, they're going to have games where you're going to sit there and pull your hair out and say, what are you doing? Because that's what happens with young ball players in any sport, especially baseball where you're playing 162 of these a year. But as long as you're seeing more good than bad from this group as a whole, not necessarily from every player because then all the players are going to pan out. But if you see more good than bad from this young group as a whole the rest of the way, that, that can be a, a, a nice little two-month stretch to hopefully you know raise the morale and overall feelings of this fan base heading into the offseason. And yeah, you know, and one other because I don't think we've mentioned his name 
um, on this show. And I don't think we did last time we recorded either, but shout out to Alika Williams, who has come up and been quietly played pretty well. Um, yeah. His first taste of major league action has played a really good defensive shortstop. Um, hit his first career double today is getting on base at over a 300 clip. Like that's the kind of guy who he, he seems like one of those like glue kind of guys that teams just have where he's going to give you great defense and multiple infield positions. Never going to be a real savant with the bat, but not a guaranteed out either. So excuse me, shout, shout out to Alika Williams for being off to a strong start of his major league career here. Oh yeah. Big shout out Alika Williams. Um, it's been kind of tough to, to recap what's been going on as much because just everything going on. But, uh, yeah, definitely don't want to miss miss those. Um, you know, and you hope to see guys like that continue to get their opportunities too. You know, you want the young bucks to to get as much experience as they can here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's exciting to see guys like that get their opportunity as well here and, um, you know, kind of mesh with this group that, uh, you know, guys that aren't getting as much credibility there. Uh, Marty, this has been a... Uh, interesting trade deadline. Uh, this has been the special to recap it here. The Pirates, two relatively uh, notable moves today, and Austin Hedges also traded for cash as well here. Um, and we're going to see how this works out. We're going to see the rest of uh, of this season. If you had to make a pick real quick before we get out of here, post-trade deadline, World Series, who do we got? I mean, like I said to you earlier, it's just – it's. Death taxes and the Houston Astros being the best team in the American League. Because what what is it? Four straight American League pennants, five straight, yeah. whatever it is. I'm I'm not going to pick against them. I'm so, I, up until today. I I don't know if I would have picked them, but after today, give me the Astros in the American League. I'm still going to stick with Atlanta in the National League. I still think the Braves, top to bottom, are the best team in baseball. Um, probably the best run organization in baseball. Them in Houston, but. Yeah, I, I'll sit here on August 1st, and I will say I will predict the World Series to be the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros, which I would have to go back and look, but I, I, that's probably what I picked in April anyway. I think it was either that or Atlanta and Toronto. I know I had Atlanta coming out of the National League. I think it was either Houston or Toronto in the American League. I think I might have been I might have been one of the doubters who said, oh, I don't think Houston has the pitching this year just for them to go out and re-add Verlander. But, yeah, yeah, as of today, I'll say Braves and Astros in the World Series, and uh, I, I think I'll still take Atlanta to win it. I had to pick today, even though I, even with Verlander now in the mix, I think I'll take Atlanta because I think Acuna is out to prove something this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as of today, August first, I will say Braves and Astros wind up being the World Series. I think it's fair. That's a rematch for twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, I might lean. I might go Texas here just to uh, maybe just contrarian, but um, I don't know. I, they. I thought they might make one more move, maybe add something, but uh, I think they're in a good enough spot. I think they're going to run for their money this year at least. It's going to be a fun month, trip. I would, love, I would love to see an American League Championship Series between the Rangers and the Astros. Oh, I think that would be seven phenomenal games of baseball. You know after a full oh. regular season, there would be some bad blood between those teams, in-state rivals. I think that could be, be uh, just all timer of a series potentially, and and I don't think that would be the last time in the next couple of years we see those two teams lock horns in the postseason either. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're on it. That would uh, that would be fun, you know. And it's cool that Texas is caught up this quickly too, because yeah. you know you'd think that uh, that that the window would run out for Houston before this would even have the potential to happen, but we're here, and it's, you know, high potential. Yeah, for and that's one thing I will give. I will give the Rangers front office for this is year one for them. Like, there's no need for them yeah. to be super aggressive. Like, their window is just opening, and they said, "Screw it, we're going for it." Which 
you know, I was texting my buddy John. So the 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 every episode shout out to John. It's oh yeah. Like I told him, I said, look at the Padres last year. Like there's no guarantees you're ever going to be back the following year, no matter how much you bring back, no matter how talented you think your roster is. So if you're in it, I know I said this a lot earlier in the year when the Pirates were off their hot stars. Said if you're in it, you've got to you've got to go for it because you never know when you might be in it again. So kudos to the to the, uh, to the Rangers for not being afraid to dive two feet in and go for it this year. Oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun, and uh, you know it's just been kind of well put together at this point. Guys have stepped up there, so that might be my pick. I'm with you though. I think Atlanta wins the World Series. Um, We'll see what we got. I am a Braves hater, but I'm, I'm with you with the Alex Anthopoulos take as well. Um, you, you know, I think anywhere, big market, small market, you have a GM like that, you get a front office like that. You're going to be winning games. So. And, and the thing with the Braves, not to go off too much here, but like no, they're in a massive market, but don't function like it. Like you look at the exactly. contracts they give their players and it's like, Jesus, dude, like the Pirates could have afforded it. <laughs> it's like who was in yeah, the room? The part of that too is the testimony to- is a testimony to the to the culture and the organization they've built where those guys know they can get a lot more in the open market, but they want to be in Atlanta. They want to win in Atlanta. So, I mean, all of that. So that, that's just – Is it even that, though? You yeah. Know, you look at the Acuna deal and the Alves deal, it's like – I mean, the Acuna deal might go down as the biggest steal in history of Major League Baseball. But unbelievable. To, to tie all that back to the Pirates, I know people laugh at this kind of thing when you hear players say about all the culture Ben Charrington's built, that clubhouse culture and camaraderie Derek Shelton's built – that's where that stuff matters. They look at Brian Reynolds. He easily could have said, no, I'm not signing this deal. Trade me. And he could have got probably double what he got at the Pirates somewhere else, or at least close to it. But he wanted to be here like that. That stuff matters. You see it with the Braves. You saw it with Brian Reynolds. So I know people can see that as an easy punching bag, but that stuff really does matter. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, it, it helps. I think in, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but it certainly helps when you have a culture and something that you built to, to kind of rely on there. No doubt. Um, we're going to see how it goes here. We're going to be back to cover what has gone on the first week of August next week. Until then, guys, go check us out on rubunder.com. Articles, talking about all these trades, breaking it all down here. And uh, follow us on Twitter as well, at rumunter. You can check us out there and uh, you know, a little recap of the day if you scroll on through it. For Marty Leap, my name is Trey Kennedy. Thank you guys for joining us for the 2023 trade deadline special. Pirates, uh, a pretty mellow day overall. A couple of moves, um, but now a couple months to finish off the season. We'll see you next week, everybody. Let's go Bucks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.